Hello, everyone. Welcome to America in Focus. I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Joining me today is Casey Harper, the Center Square's D.C. Bureau Chief. We are recording this on Friday, February 24th. Casey, today is the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There's all kinds of chatter in Congress about the U.S. Uh, spent sending aid to Ukraine, some criticism, some concerns about accountability of how the more than $100 billion uh, is going to be spent. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a tragic anniversary, not one you want to celebrate for sure. Uh, we've seen Ukraine really torn apart. You've seen the, the footage, the images come in of um a lot of civilians dead, just cities torn apart. Um, in that time, we, you know, you probably remember, Dan, uh, we, we talked about it at the time. It was kind of assumed that Russia would just steamroll Ukraine, maybe in a matter of weeks and quickly conquer it. But of course, that hasn't been the case. And Ukraine did have some U.S. help. But in the beginning, um, Ukraine really had to prove that it would even have a chance in this fight before it could get some more Western buy-in, especially from other European nations. So uh, Ukraine stood up long enough to get some um, foreign money. And now this has really become a drawn out conflict. One of the things I wanted to find out at the centersquare.com was how much money have we actually spent and what's happened to it? You know, where, where is it gone? And so we've had, you know, we've had four different pieces of legislation totaling a hundred, about $113 billion, $113 billion, which is no small amount. Um, it makes Ukraine, you know, by far our biggest recipient of foreign aid at this point. And a lot of that has been just outright handing of weapons, right? So of the 113 billion, 67 billion has been has gone towards defense and about 46 billion has gone to non-defense. That's things like, you know, helping the government, economic aid, refugees, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Food, probably energy, oil and gas. I would think President Biden also made a surprise visit to Ukraine uh, this week on Monday. He was in the, the war tattered country. Took a little bit of criticism for that because of, um, you know, his lack of concern about the U.S. border, for example, and what's been going on. Were you surprised when you found out that the Biden made the trip to, to Ukraine? Yeah, he took fire for that and for not visiting um, Ohio, which has really become one of the big stories of the month. Uh, that train derailed and the toxic chemicals were burned off. Yeah, I mean, to your point about the politics of it, Biden's it took um, Biden two years to visit the border once. Right. And he still hasn't visited Ohio. At that time, it looked like um, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was not going to go either. Um, the, yeah, to Ohio now because of all the political pushback, you know, that's kind of changed things. But um, yeah, he did take fire then. It was on President's Day. And there's just something, uh, you know, in some in one sense, no matter who's president, there are people who are always going to find a way to attack it. Every time the president goes golfing, regardless of party, people pull out, you know, how much has the president gone golfing? <laughs> I mean, people always want to criticize what they're doing. but. Um, I think the, the Ohio thing was made it particularly salient because it wouldn't be hard to go to Ohio and, and to see what's going on there. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, I think, well, I'll just say that president, um, you know, former president Trump has, he's really probably taken advantage of this criticism the most because he's gone to Ohio. He's there on the ground saying, you know, Biden doesn't care about you, but here I am. Right. So it has had political costs, but I think Biden is just prioritizes this Ukraine conflict. You know, he was a senator. I mean, he's been in politics so long that I think the Cold War is really just a big part of how he views the world still. Maybe the younger Americans um, don't really think of that as such a big deal or don't have that so in their mind when they think about foreign politics. But Biden has been around so long. I think the Cold War is still a forming um, 
thing that that shapes his worldview when he looks at the globe. And so he's I think he's operating still in that kind of Cold War mindset. Well, let's get back to the U- Ukraine and the um, the $113 billion that the Congress has allocated um, to uh, aid Ukraine in its efforts to uh, defend itself against Russia. Um, Republicans um, this week um, essentially called for, for some oversight hearings on how that money is $113 billion. It's a lot of money. Of course, it's U.S. taxpayer dollars shipping it overseas um, to Ukraine. Um, of course, Russia is considered a threat to U.S. national um, security, so there's certainly some justification, uh, justification for it. But Repu- Republicans want some, an accounting on how that money is being spent. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. Republicans are raising questions. We've seen some Republicans peel off and say they're not going to support funding for Ukraine. You know, enough is enough. But the um, House Oversight Committee has sent you know some some letters to the Biden administration saying, hey, we need some accountability. We need to not not what happened in places like Afghanistan, where there was a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse. Abuse. So they're looking at the Department of Defense, the State Department, um, U.S. USAID, which is like was a big aid group. Um, that you know a lot of the main recipient and channeler of funnel aid, federal aid overseas, right? And when it's over 113 billion, I mean. This is sort of unrelated, but we saw when the when the money gets such a big pot like that um, in such a short period of time, it just kind of disappears. And we saw that with COVID unemployment. You know, we've written a lot about that. There's this big pot of money. Yeah, there's a big pot of money for COVID unemployment benefits. Maybe a good, you know, reason. You know, I mean, think I think the people who supported it were trying to do the right thing. Um, and now that we look at the accounting, you know, it's all there's just huge chunks of it that went that just disappeared or went to people. Um, and this is probably the biggest concern that people who received it weren't actually, you know, didn't need the unemployment in the same Ukraine, the people who are receiving this money, the groups and things, are they actually contributing to this conflict or are they just filling out applications, um, doing lip service and getting the money? And we, you know, that's the kind of thing that we, we learned from Afghanistan. So it's also worth pointing out and the oversight committee chair, um, James Comer of Kentucky, he points this out as well, that um, the president of Ukraine just had to fire some Ukrainian government officials for bribery. Right. So this is already, you know, Ukraine is definitely has a history of corruption. Uh, I know that we have our own corruption here in the U.S., but when you get in some of these overseas countries, some regions of the world and, uh, you know, Eastern Europe is definitely one of them. Corruption is on a different level, on a level that might really surprise Americans. I mean, it's it's almost normal in some of these countries. So this is the kind of thing they're on the lookout. We don't want to, you know, turn around and find out that, you know, 20 billion of the 113 billion you know, we don't really know where it went and there's no way to recover it because it's in some Eastern, you know, Europe bank account somewhere. Yeah. And we know from past experiences that the federal government isn't necessarily good at many things, but there's one thing that they're really good at, and that is spending American taxpayers' money. (laughs) That's right. But they're not so good at accounting for how that money is spent. You referenced, you know, Afghanistan, when President Biden um, pulled our troops from Afghanistan, what, what we left like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of weapons and equipment and other things in the hands of the Taliban. Right. I mean, we just actually handed over an arsenal to a terrorist organization. <laughs> and so, you know, they say they kind of disabled it and things, but it's still worth a lot of money and could easily be used um, for nefarious purposes. So, you know, and then there's also the uh, foreign policy angle of how does how, how far is too far in, as far as pushing Russia and you know, this right now, we're not technically at war with Russia, but we're fighting this kind of proxy war. We're giving them our weapons directly. It's not even just money. It's one thing to give money to Ukraine, but I don't think people maybe realize this, but we're directly handing them American 
guns, American, you know, bullets, American weapons, so they can use against Russia. Right. Uh, and I think Russia takes this more personally than we might think. And, and Biden, when he was in Ukraine this week, made comments about um, Crimea that really upset a lot of Russian officials. And they took it as, you know, some of the more hyperbolic ones were saying it was basically an act of war because Biden was talking about strikes and supporting strikes in Crimea, which Russia considers, you know, might as well be Moscow from their perspective. Well, certainly don't want to get into uh, World War Three here, but um, it's, it's nice to see at least in Congress that um, some elected officials are concerned about accountability when it comes to spending U.S. tax dollars overseas. Of course, it does not look like now we're a full year into the war. It does not look like this is going to end anytime soon, barring a Russian you know, retreat from Ukraine. But that doesn't seem to happen with uh, Vladimir Putin in charge over there. Appreciate your insight. Casey will continue to follow your reporting at thecentersquare.com. For Casey Harper, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe. Thanks for listening.